Loading artists. Audio inside. Loading artists. Audio inside. Oh, it's Artcast, it's Artcast, it's Artcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen by your easel, maybe you can grab a chair. Or even take it with you like you ain't got no care. Loading artists. Audio inside. Loading artists. Audio inside. So sit back and relax and grab your headphones too. Adjust your volume, it's Artcast. Philip J. Mellon welcomes you, so sit back. Oh yeah, it's Artcast. Loading artists. Audio inside. Loading artists. Audio inside. Let me just welcome you to Oddcast, Ian. Well, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to uh, to be here on Memorial Day, on a holiday, on the unofficial start of summer, which yeah. used to mean a whole lot more to me before I, you know, worked a job and, you know, but yeah, Memorial Day was always a special day for me, so um, it's kind of fun that we're doing this now. Yeah, thank you. So my first question is, what were some of your first experiences with painting, and when do you feel like you got serious about it? Um, I'll, I'll give you sort of the long, the long response. I, I don't feel like I'm serious about it. So that, that, that's a, that's the short answer is serious is a tough, a tough thing for me to, uh, to think about my work. But, um, but I actually um, painting. I mean, I, I started probably painting and drawing like most, you know. Um, other artists probably do in school. Um, high school was when I really first started getting interested in painting um, with uh, just I had one. I went to a small high school with one uh, art teacher, and he was um, very kind of instrumental in my early development in terms of thinking about art. Um, and he was, he was, you know, his favorite artist was John Singer Sargent. You know, he just had this, like, very – painterly kind of um uh side that that i think early on influenced me so that's what i my first experience of looking at art and making art and being interested in art was painting so um i went to undergrad for um my bfa i went to tyler school of art uh, in philadelphia and went with every intention of um, being a painter and took, you know, early painting classes, but uh, in my sophomore year, I actually had a um, a really um, kind of life-changing experience of having a class with actually just one professor, um, uh, an artist by the name of uh, Paul Ramirez Jonas, who's a sculptor, and it was a, a sophomore sculpture class, and um I think in a lot of ways, I don't want to, you know, narrow it simply to one experience, but very early on, um, that kind of changed fundamentally the way that I thought about making artwork. And um, 
more importantly, sort of changed the um, changed my perspective in terms of what was possible and what I could be doing. Um, so I basically became a sculpture major and was a, um, a sculptor throughout undergrad um, while still taking painting classes, but, you know, really kind of went um, headfirst into sculpture and then actually went on to get my MFA in sculpture as well. Um, and after graduating uh, with my MFA in sculpture, worked for a number of years as a sculptor, um, largely doing collaborative work, um, but painting was this sort of other thing, this thing that I, I, you know, I loved, I appreciated. I probably looked at painters more than anything else, um, even more so than sculptors, um, but it wasn't something that I did. Um, it was something I, I was aware of, but it wasn't something I was actively involved in. Um, I did do, I had always done drawing, I guess you would say, st not studies, um, I would always make marks, I guess is the best way to, to put it. Even even a lot of my sculpture was about mark making, um, but not on a, a, you know, traditional surface. It would be um, site-based mark making or, um, you know, it was always, I guess, in a way, uh, kind of interested in some of the components of drawing, um, but chose to explore them in uh, a more sculptural way. So that's kind of getting off track. But, you know, so I, I worked for a number of years um, trying to maintain a sculpture practice. Uh, and what ended up happening was um, it started to get really kind of frustrating because I was involved in a couple of um, bigger projects uh, that were very satisfying, but in the end they were very satisfying. In the meantime, there was a there's a lot of um, things that were dependent um, for me to actually be able to make the work. I had to get a space. I had to have enough money. Um, you know, I was doing things collaboratively, but we were doing sort of uh, very material intensive things. Um, so everything felt sort of removed or a little bit more distant than I would like. There was a real lack of immediacy for me. Um, I loved the conceptual engagement, and that's what it primarily was for me, was was um, I was engaging conceptually with um, ideas and relationships uh, between materials, between um, cultural elements, uh, and that was, that was exciting, but I guess uh, in the end I really kind of longed for something that was very tangible, very um, immediate, um, very intimate, That's which kind of comes back to this, this term I keep using. But um, So what ended up happening was I got a job as a high school art teacher uh, in 2008. And um, at that point, it had been a couple of years since um, I had really done anything sculpturally. I'd been in a couple of shows, but I really you know, I didn't have a studio practice at all. Um, there was nothing regular that I was doing. When things came up, I would work on them, but I didn't have anything on a daily basis that I could really turn to. Um, and I kind of found myself really longing for that. So um, when I 
started teaching, um, I just, I guess, decided, I started looking at art blogs, actually. It's one of the things. It was a great way for me to kind of connect. And I um, found that there was this sort of other, um, not necessarily, uh, there was this sort of other world going on that I could um, connect with uh, quickly and easily in my own environment, um, talking about where we were talking about before, the idea of being not directly in the city of Philadelphia or, or in New York, and that um, it just presented a challenge for me to see artwork on a regular basis. So um, this being able to look at art blogs was, uh, you know, was, was really amazing to be able to sort of see people working on a regular basis. And I think one of the things that struck me was but was the frequency um, that you would be able to see, um, you know, lots of examples that I'll pull out Vincent Hawkins for um, for as as an example where he would post Vincent would post these things you know almost every day, um, and to me there was something so amazing about that that you know to be an artist and to be working every day and to have that. Um, as a as a regular thing uh, was something that I I missed. So um, when I was teaching, I decided that I was going to just start um, drawing, doing mark making is the best way to put it. Um, mark making on various, usually very small scraps of found paper. And what ended up happening is it was usually leftovers. It was things that um, I was teaching like a basic like an art one and art two class. Um, so we were doing painting and drawing. So students would always leave behind scraps of paper, scraps of canvas, something like that. Um, palettes with extra paint on them. Um, so what I would do is I would just start kind of picking up these remnants uh, and make a few marks. And um, I decided that's when I actually started my, my own art blog. And when I started it, I started with the purpose of, posting at least one piece a day. Um, I figured that was the only way I was going to get myself into some type of a practice is if I gave myself a rule that, you know, I had to do something a day, even if it was literally taking a pencil and making one line across a piece of paper, scanning it and posting it, um, that had to happen every day. Um, yeah. And that's and that's what I did for, for a while um, was – just these small, quick, um, intuitive, just, you know, kind of mark-making exercises, um, playing around with um, the space and, and gesture and things like that. Um, and as I did that, a good friend of mine, Tim Schwartz, who is a, my now studio mate, who I've been friends with since undergrad, who is a painter, has always been a painter, um, he was one of the the he was he was one of the people who I talked to most about art, um, and during this time, you know, he was very encouraging and uh, you know, kind of was the first one to start talking about the things that I was making in terms of painting. Um, and I never thought I I, ne I mean I never I never would um, claim the term painting for anything that I did because I didn't feel like I earned it. You know, there's a sort of strange way. And I know there's um, actually the next question um, that you're going to ask is about um, art training. Uh, 
and I, in a weird way, I did feel very much like an imposter. Like I, I, I would always sort of have this thing where I would, you know, it was, it was sort of a, it was sort of freeing in a way because I could make what I was going to make, um, knowing that I could always just say, you know, but I'm not a painter. So, you know, like, so who cares? You know, I'm just going to do that. I'm doing whatever I'm doing, but I'm not a painter. Um, cause I never felt like a painter. I didn't have that. Um, I didn't have that training. I didn't have that background. And by training, I don't necessarily mean formal training. I just mean, I didn't have the, the context. Um, I didn't have the history, uh, that other painters who, who've been through the academic system or, or who have been painting for, um, 20 years or, or more, you know, can, can rely upon. Um, so these, these little drawings, these little mark makings, um, quickly kind of, um, D- didn't go away, but opened up uh, an avenue for me to actually start working on canvas, working with paint. Um, the whole question of drawing versus painting is something that's really challenging for me and something that I, as of yet, don't have a handle on because um, I still make things that I call drawings and I still make things that I call paintings, um, but I don't really know why one is a drawing and one's a painting other than, you know, one's on paper versus one's on linen. Um, in a lot of ways, I, I always go back to the drawings almost more so than I do working with paint on a stretch surface. Um, really a little bit more context. So I have been painting, I guess, as, as an artist, not as a student, um, since 2008, roughly, um, and I have been calling myself a painter for probably a little over a year or more because I finally had to just um, suck it up and, and you know acknowledge the fact that yes, and I am I am a painter, but because uh, at this point you've been doing it for a while now. Yeah, for so for now it's been you know it's been. Um, you know, six years or so that I've been doing it and been doing it exclusively. Um, Although, you know, in, in many ways, I don't really differentiate. I mean, the, the things that I make art about, and it's strange to say that I make art about something. That's not really the way that I would want to phrase it. Um, the impulses that I have to make art um, have never changed. The impulses that I have to make art are exactly the same as when I was making sculpture as to uh, making painting. Um, the, the things that I look at, the things that influence me, the things that I maybe reference, um, and I think the outcome or the goal is exactly the same as it has, ever was with sculpture as it is with painting. So in, in that sense, I do um, feel like it doesn't really matter. You know, I'll call myself a painter because it's easier to, to you know, to categorize or understand. But um, but at any point in time, I, I don't, you know, I don't hesitate to think that I would pick up making something three-dimensional again or, um, you know, breaking with whatever kind of formal tradition painting is. Um, although in a lot of ways, what I liked about painting when I kind of came to it or came back to it was um, was the fact that it had conventions, was the fact that it had 
um, it had um, it had something that I knew I could always rely on. Um, whereas sculpture felt like that felt like a big void in front of me. You know, the the reason why I initially got into sculpture was because anything was possible. Um, you know, really anything could be sculpture. Um, I spent much of my um, time in grad school uh, using photography as sculpture or showing photography as sculpture. Um, you know, sculpture could be performative. I did performative stuff. Sculpture could be object making. Sculpture could be, um, you know, just about anything. And that's what, as a young artist, really attracted me initially was the possibility and that kind of openness. Um, but as I got out of school, I got out of the sort of structure of school um, and started to establish, you know, what is a um, a studio practice. Um, I found it really attractive, the idea of painting, that there was, um, in a way at its very essence there you could always go back to you have the surface and you have the mark um and i and i liked i'd like to be able to reduce it down to that and i think i do that a lot is i i think a lot of my work um is kind of reductionist in that way that um i like that very very simple yet complex um uh, relationship of a surface a medium and the maker, you know, and, and making a mark. Um, there's something really, really powerful about that. Um, and also, you know, certainly stemming from its long history. So, um, so yeah, so I'm starting to kind of think, think like a painter or maybe age, um, a little bit, the, the discipline and the history of painting, but, um, I still find myself at times saying, you know, but I'm not a painter, so I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I wrote some things down that, uh, as you were talking, you know, my, you were sparking ideas in my head. And uh, the and, and you, you said you were talking about sculpture. And I guess what I'm trying to say is, or, is that do you write much or other than what's in your work? Um. I do uh, off and on. I'm 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 one of the least disciplined artists like out there. Um, so I do everything a little bit, <laughs> you know, and not with any regularity and not with any veracity. Um, so I probably ha I have I'm literally sitting in front of bookcases full of sketchbooks, notebooks, you know, probably. 50 or more that have yeah. like three pages written in them. <laughs> so, um, and that then the, I don't know, something about the, the allure of a new notebook. Like it's, I don't know. I have this weird thing where it's like, I, I just have to find the right, I have to find the right pen and the right notebook and then it'll work perfectly. You know, it's like, that's, what's really the problem is I don't have the right, I don't have the right implements to do this, whatever it is that I'm trying to do. Most of the time it's writing, but, um, no writing, writing has always been, uh, and we, we've talked a little bit about this, but, um, writing has always been, um, a 
a really major part of who I am and what I do um, from the very earliest um, kind of development of being an artist, which, you know, probably is whatever, middle school, high school. When I was in high school, um, definitely writing, writing and making art were, went hand in hand. Um, And if anything, I probably did more writing than I did um, making artwork. And through, um, throughout undergrad, um, and probably even into grad school as well, uh, it was something that was kind of challenging. You know, I always, it always found a way into my work because, um, I couldn't really separate the two things. I knew I wasn't, you know, the way I was saying I wasn't a painter. I, I certainly am not a writer. Um, but I write, you know, so whatever that means, you know, um, so I would never, I don't ever, maybe, maybe it's just insecurity. I don't feel like I could, I don't feel even now that I would be comfortable writing, say, a poem, although I do, and sort of putting it out in the world as such, as a poem. But So what I do instead is make a drawing and put you know, writing in the drawing or, you know, or work, work it in some way that, um, it satisfies maybe both, both of those interests for me, because, you know, writing definitely is a, um, uh, an urge, a desire, um, for me, you know, playing with language, playing with words. Um, you know, I'm, I'm as interested in, you know, juxtaposing, words or phrases as I am, you know, marks or colors. I mean, I think that, I think that those, it's in a lot of ways, it is the same kind of impulse. Um, the drawings that I make, those immediate drawings, um, are really very similar to the way that I write. Um, in that, uh, it's very responsive. It's very automatic. Um, it's, there's, um, there's sort of this aspect of sampling um, from whatever the environment, the idea of getting a, um, you know, a phrase stuck in your head or, um, you know, just the idea of what happens when you put these two words together or, you know, referencing certain um, social references, cultural references, something like that. Um, I, you know, really, I think, I construct my writings when I do them very much in the same way that I construct my, my drawings. It's like momentarily you can take them from being words and they're just another, you know, painting or drawing element. And, and it's like, it's like you, 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 (laughs) you take them from wherever they come from and turn them into an art material Mm -hmm. down. And then, they're, they're now a, a, a painting or drawing or or art element mm-hmm. and just for that moment where they're placed, and then they they go back to words. Like I think that that's really cool. Yeah, and and you know I've I've actually recently gotten into um, doing these sort of larger texts, drawings, paintings where um, I'm kind of quite literally taking the phrase or the word and then trying to 
you know, transform the script into marks, into, you know, into um, formal elements on the page, which I don't think I previously, I, I, I always thought of the script as being a formal element in and of itself. You know, when I would write something or type something um, yeah. within the, the, um, the framework of a drawing or a painting. Um, but I never thought, I never really thought about transforming. I never thought about the mark itself. And I think what frustrated me a lot of the times is that idea that I liked inserting it. The, one of the reasons why I like using the typewriter as opposed to my hand is um, just aesthetic. It, it has, it has a, a formal quality that I appreciate more than my lousy handwriting. You know, like I don't really like seeing my stupid handwriting that I use you know, on a regular basis, writing out grocery grocery lists used within the context of a drawing or painting. So, so there was always just that simple aesthetic kind of formal quality. And I guess what has kind of come about recently is um, the impulse to really almost obliterate the um, obliterate the text in terms of its readability and transform it purely into um, marks, mark-making, formal formal elements in terms of painting. So it's sort of like the text itself, the idea of the text um, is the starting point, um, but then it gets lost in the process um, and then becomes purely uh, formal. And I sort of played a little bit with early on, you know, the, the legibility of it, how you know, whether or not you could still read what it was saying. Um, and I, I like the idea of, of pulling it so far out of its original context that it becomes something completely different. Um, so that's something that I'm, is really kind of new and fresh for me that I'm not really sure how I feel about it. I don't, you know, I don't know. Um, I don't know where that's going. Um, there's something about, text paintings that I don't, I don't, I'm not sure how I, how, how I feel about that or where it's going or um, whether or not it's something I'm going to continue doing. But for right now, I, I do kind of um, enjoy that as a process. Um, now, it's funny, I want to go back to, you know, this idea of sculpture and, and how it translates to, I guess, you know, uh, an object, but more, more like three-dimensionally or and how some it for me like it points to the drawings in some way. Like I've never seen your sculpture, but I, just sculpture as, a, as an idea, like a concept, as a thing. What what I think I know of it is like it could be incorporated into an environment. And I feel like some of your drawings are an environment. Like they're 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 almost sketches or or, or maquettes for an, an installation or, an, or a diorama kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Or even, or even this, like that, they could be video in some way, like a um, the, just some of these notes that like I made this morning. Uh, this idea of, um, like they're they're, I'm trying to think, like a, like a puppet show, like or, or some kind of puppetry in some way where you have these layers, um, of of which create space, but not not in a traditional like say painting sense, or but as if they were plans for for an actual performance mm -hmm. of elements, you know, like they're, they're, 
No, I don't think there'd be any people involved except for the, you know, the, the puppeteers, you know, so to speak. I don't know if that makes any sense, but one of the things too is I feel like the drawings are, they, they're, to me, they're somewhere between like a slow motion and a time lapse, mm-hmm. you know, um, as far as how they're moving. Like, I just feel like they're kinetic in some way. I, yeah, I think that's, um, I mean, I always think about the drawings as me attempting to, capture um um you know in in some ways a moment um you know i i i think about the drawings as being a recording of something yeah of of either either the very specific environment yeah actually that's kind of the word um the idea that they're they're sort of a trace or recording of um they're making um and i oftentimes try and make that very immediate and i think what i'm learning is that oftentimes it's not as immediate and i'll to sort of explain that you know originally a lot of the paintings and the drawings were um conceptually based on this idea of um responding to the environmental circumstances in which they were made so everything from the mark that I was making was determined by my um, my body positioning, the difference between, you know, me standing or sitting, um, the difference of the material as a as a as a physical element, you know, how how a pencil drags across uh, heavyweight paper versus how gouache drags across, you know, hot pressed paper, you know, that 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 there was a trace recording of that interaction that responded to um, all of these conditions. Um, And I really did open up the conditions, you know, the difference between, um, you know, a a drawing that was made with the window open and me hearing, you know, my neighbor mowing his lawn and the smell of grass and, you know, the, the light of, um, you know, late May does, I, I, you know, I, I believe, or I have faith that those elements, those environmental elements affect if, if I'm able to posture myself correctly. Um, so it's, a, it's sort of this, like, you know, I, I, it's, um, I think about, I forget what they're called. Um, that, and this is actually the first time I thought of this. The, like, divining rods, like those rods that you use to, like, find water, which is basically just, like, a stick or whatever. You know, I was, I, I kind of, like, imagine myself in that way that it, that if you, if you hold whatever it is light enough, if you, um, if you have enough of a grip, just enough of a grip, um, that it doesn't fall out of your hands, um, that then it can truly sort of respond to uh, whatever the 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 environment may be. So um, yeah. so definitely the drawings are about environments, are about responding to environments. But they're you know um, those environments are not merely physical environments for sure, um, because a lot of the time um, I and we've talked about this as well. You know I respond to music as much as yeah. anything else. So so the song that's playing could have as much impact as um the 
you know, the material or the medium that I'm using or the size of the paper. I, I um, and so I do sort of just try and position myself to be as open and receptive to that. Um, that's how, that's how they have sort of evolved. Um, what I'm coming to realize or coming to understand is that, um, or at least the way that I think about it, the, the moment is never, you know, a fixed point in time and, and the moment is never, um, is never just that sort of, um, still shot photograph of one frozen point in time, it always references uh, a history. It always references a larger period of time. It always references um, the the sort of larger context of its happening. So um, so I've been allowing myself more so to, in the most recent sort of drawings and paintings, um, to think a little bit more so about, instead of just being in the moment and being responsive to this immediate environment, to, to sort of opening myself up to think about um, a larger period of time to think about the day, to think about, to reflect back to, um, you know, which is, which sounds, I, this sounds just like kind of baloney speak that I'm talking about, but in my mind, it's a significant shift in what I do that, that, yeah. that it, that I can be reflective. And that's, that's where that term talking about, um, what the painting or what the drawing is about, that idea of, a drawing being about something I've always resisted um, because again, with this initial um, drive that I had of being just a conduit for whatever the, um, the circumstance or the, the environment is um, kind of necessarily meant that it wasn't about something, but rather responded to something. Um, I'm now kind of opening myself up to this possibility of thinking more so that that a drawing or a painting can be a reflection of something maybe a little bit more complex, maybe a little bit more um, remembered as opposed to um, just simply constructed from immediate experiences. So, um, so that's that was probably completely not along the lines of what you were going for, but that's <laughs> my brain works. Um, Oh, I just clarified. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I do. I, I've, I've been thinking a lot about um, reflection and the, the idea of um, studio time and, and that, that very specific time that you have with um, the material and the medium and the act that, uh, that is drawing or painting, um, that that can be about reflection, can be about examination. Um, I've been reading a lot about um, this idea of um, a certain type of uh, prayer that's actually used by the Jes Jesuits called the examine prayer, um, which is this, this idea of taking an opportunity to reflect on your day as it has, um, as it has evolved and um, sort of giving thanks for what has happened, but then also sort of questioning um, the the decisions that you made throughout that. Um, and I kind of think about, you know, the painting and drawing that I do in, in those terms that um, it is sort of a, a, an, an examination um, of, of whatever has transpired previous to this point. So after what you just said, it makes me feel like I don't just see your, the end product. 
like I see you as just a part of it, like just as much as that that color, that shape, the paper, or the lines. You know, you're just as much a part of that. And so it makes me feel like I'm watching a happening, like an event. Mm-hmm. You know, and and but that the 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 way that that can potentially be recorded that happening would be as if I was there looking in, like observing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. If I was watching something that somebody documented with, you know, it's got to have the sound, mm-hmm. have, you know, the, the right camera angles, the right landscape, so to speak. Um, hopefully this is making sense. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I will, it makes perfect sense. We actually, um, Tim Schwartz and I have had long conversations about this very thing um, and we actually started using the term session to describe it, that, that we were talking, we sort of talked about it as session painting. Um, and session painting, um, the term session, we kind of settled on because um, of its reference to two things for us in particular, one being, um, you know, early jazz improvisational music, that idea of you can have, um, you can have, all of the same elements. I mean, you can even be be playing the same um, piece of music, but those you know those recordings um, were all about a specific session and what happened in that specific session. That idea of um, each session being bringing something new and different, and it being truly about um, all of those you know all of those elements that came together at that very moment. Um, and then the other reference was actually, you know, either skateboarding or, or surfing. You know, that, that idea that um, a session is, um, you know, you, you bring to it all of these different things. I may bring to it my, my understanding, my understanding of painting, my interest in, you know, certain artists. I may even bring to it uh, a sort of an idea of what I want to construct, you know, I want to construct a text painting versus I want to construct a color field painting versus I want to construct, you know, a scribbly drawing. Um, but it's what happens in that very session um, that truly kind of gives it its specific characteristic. Um, and and one thing that we didn't talk about was that, um, you know, the the idea that at least in terms of the drawings, the drawings are – um, I, I would say almost exclusively, like, you know, maybe a handful of them are not, but, but pretty much all of them are single session paintings or single session work. So the drawings are things that happen, you know, I don't go back to them. I don't ever rework a drawing. Um, it was, it, it happened, it exists for, for good or for bad. I either, you know, put it aside and forget about it, or, you know, maybe I, um, scan it and post it. Um, and a lot of the paintings that I do, maybe that is one of the sort of big differences between my, my drawings and my paintings is that the paintings, a lot of the paintings that I do are single session as well. Um, so a lot of the paintings may be created, I mean, truly in a matter of two or three minutes. Um, others have been, uh, worked, more so than that. Um, but with each reworking, I really do think of it as a different session. So um, the paintings almost become this sort of um, layer, sort of layered element of 
obsessions of histories. Um, because a lot, I rarely will, if I'm, if I'm reworking a painting, it's never me going back in and like dotting the eyes. You know, it's not like, you know, I don't, I don't just kind of like, you know, do a little flare on it here and there um, and make it better. If I, if I go back in to rework a painting, typically I'm, I'm, I can't but respond to the painting. That That's obvious. Like, I, you know, there's something there. I'm responding to it. But it usually happens in some complete way. I will paint out something completely. I'll rework something. I'll, you know, layer something completely over top of it. Um, so it is it, – it does end up becoming another session. So there's um, – I don't know. That's actually the first time I sort of thought about that, that, you know, that there is a sort of difference between the drawings and the paintings in that um, the drawings are much more singular in terms of their reflection of one specific happening. Um, and the paintings sometimes are, but can also be um, a, uh, you know, a, a, a palimpsest of layers of different sessions. Yeah. I feel like um, the, I think you brought up the word quiet earlier. Yes. And that's also something I wrote down this morning, too, about your paintings. I feel like they're quiet paintings. Mm -hmm. Maybe not all of them, but, like, a few that I, you know, I, on, on the website at least. And then you threw me a curveball. You sent me all those colorful paintings in your email. <laughs> I, yeah, no, they're, they're um, I, I, you know, I, quiet is, a, is actually a really good term. I mean, I think, I think it's in part because, well, they, whatever, I, whatever I'm doing will certainly reflect, you know, whether – I'm quiet or whether I'm not quiet or, but the, I, I definitely make things with the goal of having, um, of the viewer having, um, a more intimate interaction with the work. Um, it's why I tend to work small. Um, it's why I tend to not overcomplicate things. Um, I do want, the viewer. I do think about the viewer. I mean, I'm not, it's not just, I'm not totally self-obsessed. I feel like this whole conversation is about like what I do, um, you know, but you know, I do, I, 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 I am making them to be viewed. I am making them to be experienced and, and, um, encountered. Uh, and I think that the term quiet would, would maybe more, um, I would probably use that term more so to describe the type of interaction that I would want a viewer to have with the work. Um, color, I have no, I have no, I don't, I can't talk about color at all. I like, I like color. I like color a lot. I mean, I, do I understand color? Not at all. Do I have an intention? No. I mean, generally when I make a painting, um, I, you know, I have certain colors that I like. I just pull out whatever it is. I never go into a painting with an idea of what I want to make. Never. There's never any kind of preconceived notion. I may have, you know, I have these um, habits. I have these, um, you know, I wouldn't call them tricks, but I have these phrases that I return to, you know, whether it's dragging the brush horizontally across the canvas, whether it's do working text, you know, there, there are these sort of, um, these phrases that I can kind of return to and build on. But, um, but in terms of color, um, I, it is, it is the most haphazard 
selection process that you could ever imagine. Um, and I, the only thing I can say is I know what I like and I know what I don't like. And when I am evaluating it after having made it or during the process of making it, I will make some adjustments. Um, but most of the time it's very ran- random, I guess. But not random. I guess it's just intuitive. It's just very, very intuitive. So, um, yeah, that's that's one of those things where I will say, you know, but I'm not a painter, so you can't call me on that. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. That's this whole color thing. I don't know anything about. So, um, but I, that's you know, I I I don't I don't want I don't want my work to be serious. You know, I there's. There's a, a, I use the term lightness a lot. You know, I want the, I want the work to be light. I want it to be, um, in in a very certain way, light in that, um, you know that that you can go into it and and have um, uh, a very. Well, they they they're organic, really. I yeah. mean, you know, in the way that they can. Um, uh, what, like meditative, you yes. know, like they're, you know, like the viewer can, it's, they're not aggressive, yeah. they're, they're inviting, I mean, that's kind of a cliche word, I don't know if I want to go on record as saying that either, <laughs> <laughs> they're meditative versus contemplative in some way yeah. for the viewer. Yeah, that's the perfect, thank you for saying that, because I wouldn't be able to get that out of my brain right now, but that's, no, that's, that's definitely, that's definitely the goal, is that, is that, you know, I want I want them to be open um, enough that whatever the viewer brings to them, that they that they can meditate on them, as opposed to I'm I'm certainly not trying to um, lead the conversation. That's you know the yeah. way I think about it. That we're a witness for it. You know, I mean, it's it's like standing at the shoreline. You know, um, yeah. you know, it's, uh, some people are afraid of the water, but <laughs> you know. Yeah. Your fault. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, but so I I kind of want to uh, jump to one of the questions. It tends okay. to be one of my favorites. So I'm not sure if you're prepared for this, but, you know, we can we can go for it here. Um, can you use three to five words to describe your work? Uh, well, I think we did a good job of sort of setting setting it up. Um, yeah. I, I actually I, – I go back to um, – and I'm not I, – I'm setting this up in a way that I probably shouldn't, but um, Italo Calvino wrote a book called Six Memos for the Next Millennium, and each each chapter title is a, is a different term, and he goes into explaining how that term um, – he's using it to, to relate to literature, but um, I, think, I think it actually very easily uh, can be kind of applied to, to art of any kind. But um, lightness is one of the terms that he defines – and I just proved that I do a very poor job of defining lightness. But but as we were speaking of it, lightness um, definitely is is a, is something that I think about in terms of the work, um, as well as quickness. Um, and he used that's another chapter title, quickness. And quickness, not so much so that I am concerned with the. Um, it's not about it's not about speed. It's not about product. It's not about um, process so much so as um, as 
responsiveness. And just in what we were saying, the, the setting up of the environment for, for these things to be made, the quickness is really important. I don't want to belabor anything. I don't want to work and overwork and work and overwork. Um, I want to kind of let it exist as, you know, as it is. Um, and it's sort of funny. We saw, um, I'm, I, I swear I'm only – going on a tangent for a brief period of time, I will return. But uh, going back to talking a little bit about Tim um, Schwartz, just because that's one of my main references, um, we have very different ways of working. Tim Tim is very process-oriented. Um, I am not. I need uh, that that idea of quickness. I can We can have a studio night where we go down to the studio, um, and he'll spend, you know, an hour – you know, barely starting to prep a canvas. Yeah, yeah. And if I have an hour, you know, I will probably have five paintings and, you know, 20 drawings. Um, and it's, and, but we, but we have, um, there's, there's this sort of like mutual understanding and mutual respect um, that when it comes to the actual process, it's very similar, but, um, but I kind of need that ready-made, um, situation ready to go when i when i come to the studio it's one of the reasons why i love working on paper because there's usually nothing for me to prepare um i can't stand stretching canvases i really really despise it um i i i just i and i know it's probably just I, well i know it's laziness more than anything else but um my perfect studio scenario is being able to come into a space and just have things ready to go, whatever they may be. And that's why a lot of the times it does end up being, you know, scraps here and there, whatever I can. Um, when I do sit down and stretch a linen and, you know, go through all the preparation, um, a lot of the time it becomes very stifling to have this, like, really nice sort of um, crafted object that now I'm supposed to spend, you know, if I've spent two hours prepping it, and then I spend five minutes painting on it, um, that sometimes creates a little bit of a conflict in my head. Not that often. So, so to go back to the terms, um, lightness and quickness are definitely, um, are definitely terms that I, I think a lot about. Um, intimacy is, is one of them. Um, and I have been using that word a lot, but, um, I, I just, I just, the process for me is very intimate. Um, I think under any circumstances it is. Um, you know, I, I, I do think that there is a transference that happens um, in work. I, I think that's what I think everyone, not everyone, but I think most people would agree that's what is amazing about art is this idea of um, – the transference of the maker into this object. Um, I, I think of, of art objects as being sacred objects because uh, they're imbued with, you know, they're imbued with the, the circumstances, you know, what I think about the circumstances of the making, the happening itself, the action itself. Um, you know, they're also imbued with the, the characteristics, the thoughts, the, um, memories, the emotions of 
the person who's doing the making. So um, that, uh, no matter what type of artwork you make, no matter what the, you know, whether it's meditative or con- uh, contemplative, whether it is political or apolitical, but, you know, whatever it is, that, that intimacy, I think, is something that is inherent in the work and something that um, I always want to respect. I, you know, I, I want to think about um, how the viewer interacts with the work in terms of that intimacy, which kind of brings us right back to our original conversation of this idea of like the viewing of an artwork being at this crazy public space with people, you know, talking and drinking and um, that, 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 that somehow is very unsettling for me. So, uh, yeah, it, it, I, I'm just seeing this, like this, this environment, this, this beach, you know, that something there, there's like, you know, actor or, or, or many actors doing whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. Somehow, the work is not. We're we're not the actor. We're not watching the film. We're somehow behind the crew, so we can see the crew as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Does that makes yeah, that makes perfect. Sense. Almost like pointing to the drawings more so than the paintings, where I think the paintings are almost details of that experience. So they're they're more of a collective. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great way of thinking about it. But. Um, yeah, you can't. I mean, there's no way to to separate the making from the made. I mean, that's I just have always felt felt that. Um, I um, a, a piece that I made uh, was actually talking about writing. Um, I do some text pieces, but I I wrote a piece um, that was just on a scrap of paper, and I wrote um, this is what I made and how I made it. And that was to me that was the cover of your book. Kind of, yeah, just kind of all-consuming. I mean, it really just sort of isolated exactly what I do in all of my practice. It just was that's it. This is this is what I made, and this is how I made it. Um, and I hope that you know that kind of comes through in all of the work. Certainly, um, the paintings are a little bit more layered and a little bit harder to dissect, but, um, you know, hopefully that, 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 um, that the making is as present as what's been made. That's, that's always my goal. And to close, Ian talks about the work of T.S. Eliot and its impact on him and his own work. The most significant artist, as you would, um, uh, that has impacted me, I guess probably from the earliest, would actually be um, T.S. Eliot, uh, the poet. Is, has, has, he looms larger in my mind than any other artist. Um, and I think uh, in a lot of ways I am very influenced, um, not directly, not consciously, but, but sort of um, subconsciously by his his approach um you know in in his poetry to to juxtapose but it's more than juxtapose it's it's this like it's this uncertainty of time um this and what happens um kind of in the human brain um where you are constantly having these sort of voices and separate conversations um 
sort of almost overlapping um, that that don't even necessarily have to be happening at the same time. But it could be, you know, a, a trick of the memory, um, you know, a, a, a frame, a still frame image from your childhood um, juxtaposed or it, I like this idea of the transparency or superimposed over top of, um, you know, the view that I have right now of looking outside of my window, that, that idea that, that um, all of these things that, that um, are kind of happening simultaneously. Um, and it's a process of discernment. And I don't know when I, I, again, I, I kind of discovered his, his poetry um, early on, probably when I was, you know, maybe a freshman in high school or something, but um, it just, it just always resonates with me. Um, this idea of as you as you read in what should be a linear fashion, if you read in what should be a predictable um, uh, yeah. direction, that you have all of these things kind of coming in from you know from different places, different references, different times, um, different voices. Um, I, I guess that that's that to me. Um, when I look at maybe the drawing or when I look at the work overall, I think that that could also kind of apply in terms of a structure, if that makes any sense whatsoever. And I'm certainly not a T.S. Eliot scholar or anything like that. That's just how I, how I have interpreted him um, to this point. Yeah, I think that's almost like a nice way to, to – I don't want to say sum up. I, I wish there was a better way that I could say that, but how – this whole conversation's gone. You know, this idea, where, where is that coming from? Where is this coming from? And then, you know, bringing up this concept of the timeline and, you know, of, of, uh, of any experience, you know, like it just so happens that, you know, physically we, we know that the paintings and drawings are still experiences, but they, they remind at least me and I think to you that they're, they're, they're elements or, or moments from a timeline um, under a microscope to an extent. Or, or possibly not always, but just in, in this in this case, yeah. and they're investigated and they're presented to to the viewer, yeah. and even to you know the maker in some way. Because what do we really know about like where where like all these experiences are coming from and how important they are, or how unimportant they yeah. are, if that's even possible for either one? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's really cool. <laughs> all um, right. Thanks again. Yeah, thank okay, you. talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. This has been Oddcast. I'm your host, Philip J. Mellon. Thanks for listening, and keep the dialogue going. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let me ask you this. Define abstract art. Oh, come on. Okay, here's a better one. What does this painting mean? <sighs> I'm getting nowhere with this. Forget it. Hotcast <laughs> Home is A-H-T-C-A-S-T dot com. Thanks again. <laughs>